That's right, and welcome back to Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. As always, I am yours truly, Mike D. To my left, we have the gainfully employed Ryan Shipley. Yes, yes. thank God. <laughs> uh, to my right, of course, we have the owner of Knoxville's longest-running comic shop, one Monsignor Bill Langford. Oh, like a, yeah, you like the accent? Mm, I like yes. the accent. That's fantastic. You've been doing Duolingo? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, it's, it's that's a, a singer, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Was she stuck at the uh, Burning Man? Oh God, man! Seeing some of that stuff, it was like um, something oh. out of Mad Max. I, was that like some torrential downfall for yeah, three days? Like, I guess it never really hit like that there. Um, they weren't expect, expecting it. I saw um, there's a DJ Dilpo, D I L P O, I think his name is. Um, he ended up hitching a ride with somebody that was already giving Chris Rock a ride. <laughs> so. <laughs> Because they had to basically walk through all that mud right. to escape the valley of the Burning Man. <laughs> Imagine if you're just in one of those uh, trucks and, and all of a sudden Chris Rock said, hey man, can I hit your yeah. ride? And, and you don't know if this is really happening or if you, that's still that trip that you're on. <laughs> you wake up, you're still back in your tent rolling around in the mud. <laughs> those are the worst dreams where you think you're up. You're doing all the stuff you have to do, Fantastic. and then something weird happens, and then you realize that you're still asleep. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of like, I wish I could go back in the Matrix. I gotta yeah. say, Escape from the Valley of the Burning Man sounds really awesome. But, that should uh, be, a, that, we should do that movie. Bill, can you fund it? <laughs> if we can get Nicolas Cage, we can get this funded. <laughs> yes, and Nicolas Cage, it's well, a, he seems to be a little bit more particular now about what he picks. Mm-hmm. He's, I guess, uh, he's been on a little bit of a streak. I think he's paid off his IRS IRS debt, so he can he's got a little more leeway. Uh, speaking of, that's another one of those Deadpool three rumors I've heard pop up lately. Is that really? his Ghost Rider oh, might be in it? Really? Yep. I mean, who knows? Everyone's just saying any character that's ever created could be in it at this point. But that's yeah. the latest one I read. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if this uh, strike is going to impact some of the who he would have gotten in this movie because a lot mm. of times people's schedules are so tight where you mm-hmm. can only get them for like two oh, or three days before yeah, right. they're off to something else. So I wonder if that's going to impact any of these like supposed uh, up-and-comers that are supposed to be like Taylor Swift. You're right. Or Ooh. maybe they had a lot, because it seemed like they were advertising a lot of, uh, they already had some uh, shots from the movie and photos, yeah. so maybe they had a bunch of it already in the can, and yeah. we're just now finding out about it. Yeah. I hope James Marsden gets to come back as Cyclops at least one more time. You like his Cyclops? I I like I like his Cyclops, but I like him as a personality. He's like, he was just on this um, show that wrapped up called Jury Duty. <laughs> which is kind of like a Joe Schmo type reality thing. Okay. And he plays himself like a very egotistical, horrible version of himself. Yeah. And he won me over. Really? He won me over as himself. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Jury duty. I think it's on Freebie or Amazon Prime. Hmm. No, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's super good. It got a lot. I think it ended up scoring four Emmy nods. Wow. Yeah. Any for James? What? Did Cyclops I don't know if get any? Him. Cyclops should. I would give him zero. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So you're not a fan of his Cyclops? No. No. And, and as an actor, like if, if you're just talking about someone to play like a Prince Charming type character, or like yeah, you yeah, said, yeah. like the rich yeah. entitled character. Yeah. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. But as a, a leader of a team of a bunch of uh, super powered beings. Hashtag not your super, not your yeah, sci- I know, Cyclops. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think they played up on, on a bit of a douchiness with him too much. It's like too the reason much. that people don't like Cyclops is just because he's like the Leonardo kind of character, not because he's like super douchey. People, people just don't, yeah. you know, like that archetype or whatever, but they, I think they did lean too much into kind of making a rib out of it. Yeah. Yeah. People who don't like Cyclops suck. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there. All yeah. Right. We're going to see what happens. We'll have the, uh, maybe we'll have the, uh, the listeners vote and they can. So, uh, one thing we have to talk about real quick, it's of his historic significance. It happened about two Thursdays ago. Mm-hmm. It's the first time it ever happened in the history of our country. And I know usually we don't talk about controversial stuff on here, but I think it's so important. We have to. And of course, I'm talking about the new chicken sandwich at Chick fil A. Um, What else would I be talking about? Which is a honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. And my question here is why are people jumping aboard the pimento cheese train? Because it's the worst of the cheese. So, because Bojangles does it too. And they'll slap pimento cheese on anything. I'm not a huge pimento cheese fan. No, it's just basically cheese and mayo mixed together, really. No, it's not. No, yeah, it, it is. There's chunks of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, well, well, I said basically. Yeah, there's there's some red pepper, basically, chunks in it, and you're going to have some seasonings. But at the end of the day, it's pretty much shredded cheese and mayo with some seasonings in it. I can't. What is a pimento? Because it says here. It's like a red pepper. It's shredded yeah. cheddar, mayonnaise, and pimento. It's, it's, a, it's a, like it just looks, I've ne- Truth <laughs> be told, I've never had it. Yeah. But it looks weird. So I don't mind it when they heat it up and it gets real hot and you okay. can dip chips in it. There's like a pimento oh, yeah, cheese dip. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. And I think um, Sweet Peas Barbecue has a delicious one. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That's my ad for Sweet Peas. I expect to get paid. Sweet Peas. Sweet Peas. Please, please. be a sponsor. We're going to need a sponsor. Oh, yes. For the but love of God. I'm gonna, pit- actually, I might get on that. Let's see if we can. The pimento cheese <laughs> is great. So, uh, but yeah. So you're saying but, I should so, at least try pimento cheese? Well, yeah. I'm just saying I would be more apt to try it if it was in a dip, like liquefied. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't want it to spread on it, a sandwich. Well, because for them to get it to to get solid where it stays on the sandwich, they could put a lot of pimentos in there. Yeah. And you don't, I, the picture not, I saw of the Chick Fil A when it looked really runny, like it was just oozing out of it. It was so pimento not is a pepper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very mild. It's like not very spicy. Just, I had no idea. I just every you might time be I allergic. See, Oh, you claim to be allergic. To, you're <laughs> I'm allergic to like, onions. Then you, you said the whole onion family. I just what else? What's all the onion family? Green Bar- onion, shallots, hate, yep. shallots. Yep. Honey, what is the thing where you can get the food ordered? They they send you and you prep it and you make it yourself. Honey Chef, something like that. There is a yeah. There's a service that's like that. Yeah, a service like that. And they did the chalet uh, onions, and I just tossed them into the Did into you the say gar- sh- chalet? chalet. What, what are they, Timothy Chalamet onions? <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ski in a chalet, or what did you yeah. stay in uh, the chalet? What did, what did you say they were called? Shallots. Shallots. I'm not a cook, Mike. Right. Um, and I tossed them away, and somebody mm. said, you should have offered those to people because they're an expensive onion. Yeah, that's, that's fairly terrible. I, mean, I would call it a fancy onion. They're I think fan- it's Home Fresh fancy. was the name of it. They'd send you like... Up to five. They sent me five meals. Right. And I don't know how they make money because I keep getting a thing going, hey, would you like 16 meals for free? Right. <laughs> so it's like the Columbia House of Meals? <laughs> it is, yes. Where you get like 16 for a penny and, and then, then you've got to buy yeah. how many more? Like, and that's the worst part about that when you're a kid. Yeah. Because you're, I think what most of the kids when they would do the Columbia Record House, they wanted to be honest and they had planned to buy more albums. But once you get those 20, those 10 or so for free, yeah. then the rest of the albums, you don't see anything really you want. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then well, when they send you the, the CD of the month, it's something garbage that you didn't want anyway. So that was my issue with it. I, I would be honest. I was one of the kids who I'd get my 11 for a penny. Yeah. And I would tape the penny to the little piece of paper, you know, and I'd, I'd mail it in, <laughs> yeah. you know, the thing. And For uh, our young readers, a penny was a form of currency that we used to get. <laughs> it had Abraham Lincoln on it. Yeah. And... um. So I would send it in, and then I would get my 11 free CDs. Yeah. And I would generally, it was just kind of generic stuff, you know, 
Best of Steely Dan or whatever. It's kind of. What kind uh, of eight year old were you? Hey, listen, I was very advanced for my age. <laughs> okay, all, right? all right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then, so I, they would start doing the ones where you, you buy them. <laughs> yep. And I have to buy like seven more or whatever the deal was, six more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would buy the first couple. You know, this send me one. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get MC Hammer. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then this send me another, and I'll be like, okay, I, I'm not down with Wilson Phillips. So I'm going to send the, you know. Hold but, on. <laughs> You're not down with Wilson Phillips. I see what you <laughs> yeah, did there. Yeah, you saw what I did. Okay. Carney. And uh, <laughs> so, but no, and then eventually I would get stuck with the one month where they would send me one I didn't want. Yeah. And, and I f- didn't send it back in time. Because I was always like a pain in the butt. I was away to be for a kid call- and yes. have to send something back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got a lot going on. I'm, yeah, I'm 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at that point, I consider that the breaking the contract. Yeah. And uh, so morally, Would they ever I kind of go after you for breaking a contract. You know, and that's the thing. I'm not sure. As a business model, you want to be known as the company that sues a bunch of 14 and 13 year olds. <laughs> I would like to see a so, percentage of how many. Of the people that got the free 10 or 11, mm-hmm. what the percentage is the people that just basically ghosted them and how many of them paid for a few like you are who the Boy Scouts out there that pay for everything and honor their contract. I want to know what that percentage is. So this is the thing. Just off the top of my head, I would assume since they're around for how many years? Eight, ten years? Mm-hmm. It had to be profitable for at least, what, five or six of those years? Yeah. Do you think it was like a lot of it is the money they were making is off of the record labels that were like giving them the albums because they could maybe use those in their sales numbers yeah that could be uh, or we need a documentary about the columbia record <laughs> house speaking of percentages i wonder what the percentage of people that are listening to this right now are thinking what are they talking about <laughs> what in the world <laughs> those kids out there today sure you got your internets and your flying cars yeah. but you didn't get no 11 out 11 cds for one for penny, penny. <laughs> although they did have now they do have like ways they can steal music <laughs> they got us beat <laughs> yeah they do but yeah so uh pimento cheese uh, maybe i'll try it um, well let's see uh, let's talk about the news what do you got going on with the news this week Whew, okay not, uh, uh, not really a whole lot yeah, there's just... not a whole we'll have something happy to report maybe. something local that happened uh, we'll report that in a second, but oh my gosh, we had, because it's been two weeks, three weeks since our last episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. we kind of got behind a week because I started a new job, and uh, Bill had to uh, get his fantasy draft. Hey, and listen, in money leagues, <laughs> yeah, we take it very seriously. How, what was your score? Why do you think you scored as far? Do you do, you do Yahoo where they give you the scorecard at the end? Uh, it's on ESPN, it ran through ESPN. Okay, did they give you an idea of like how you did, how you stacked up? So the first week, I'm, I think, a five-point underdog. Okay. But I drafted my team to kind of like to peak in like midseason. Yeah, that's so a strategy you have to do. Yeah, yes. So some of the people I took late, I took flyers on that right now are backups. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure at some point they're going to be the starters, and okay. I can get them. I can get them relatively cheap. So I look for value. Late you have, does that ever make you feel bad? Like you're not wanting to see somebody get hurt, but if like they do get hurt and get replaced, it's something good for you. There is mixed feelings. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I know that their family financially is probably well taken care of. Yeah, okay. So I take solace mm, in that's that. That's how you sleep at night, monster. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if it does put in my player and I win the fantasy league. Yep. And you usually do well, right? Like, didn't you win like a $500 gift card from Best Buy like a couple of years ago? Maybe, oh, it was like, well. maybe it was like 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. So <laughs> it you was, peaked a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah it was on ESPN and it was a. Uh, and it was it was called what well, was called the ESPN Uber. 
And so okay. what ESPN Uber did was it took your fantasy score for you had to play ESPN fantasy sports, and it took your fantasy score for baseball, football, basketball, NASCAR, fantasy fishing, horse racing. There may have been one or Wait, two you more. You had also do horse racing. Yes, there was. You had to pick horses. Yeah, it was did you called Bass like Master the Pro. There was Bassmaster Pro. Okay. And I tell you, in Bassmaster, about 15, 20 years ago, Kevin Van Dam was the stuff. Like okay. you had him on, yeah. If you didn't have him on your team, it was like leaving Tiger Woods yeah. off your. Oh, we, and it was PGA. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. so I would find. We thought of Bassmaster before PGA. <laughs> we I joined this uh, ESPN Uber group where these Uber players get together and they share information. And there was a guy named Carlos that lived in Argentina, and he would give me advice on some of the horses who had been scratched out of the races because you had to set your horse lineup and you didn't know which horses were going to get scratched before the race yeah because uh, you're putting it in hours before when scratched you mean like sent like, to the glue so factory scratched means whoa, like whoa. for some reason they had to uh, that's gonna make me sad rod yeah me too. but no a scratch meant that something happened the horse though isn't going to be in the race okay. either either yeah. health wise okay. or you know yeah and so it helps if you know that beforehand and um, since this guy was on a different time zone from me, he was able to know some of the information. And so I would trade him like some of my picks in Bassmaster. Okay. Smart. <laughs> okay. And he would give me his horse picks. So. I would like just draft C Biscuit and hope for the best. <laughs> it was kind of rough. There was a lot of people who unfortunately passed. Uh, just recently, we just had Jimmy Buffett passed away on Saturday. Yesterday, yeah. the lead singer Smash Mouth passed away. A big one, especially for um, fans of our podcast, I'm sure, Arlene Sorkin, who mm -hmm. played Harley Quinn, who was uh, the voice of the voice of Harley Quinn for quite a long time, right? Like yeah. the cartoons and the video games. Yeah, yeah, and then so, and then you had um, Kevin Conroy passed last year. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, so basically Mark Hamill. It's sad. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that from two, <laughs> two, two franchises. Yeah, two yeah. franchises. Terry Funk passed, and you know that was sad, but he lived a long, good life, 79 years old. And he wrestled a hard life. Like, he wasn't one of these guys that was able yeah. to get by, like, Hulk Hogan wrestling 50 nights a year. Are yeah. you um, a sissy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he was and, uh, in his um, 50s, he had that run in the WWF where he was Chainsaw Charlie. Oh, and He I'd was forgotten. still doing some more PG-ish hardcore stuff but he was still doing hardcore yeah but it really went to ecw he really reinvented himself to be this kind of hardcore legend and yep. gave himself a whole new legacy really it was awesome yeah no, and he's also he's excellent in the roadhouse if i you keep forgetting that yeah. he's <laughs> awesome in roadhouse yeah, yeah. um and then i think the the death that did shake a lot of people uh was bray wyatt yeah that so, one that one got to so me quite young. a bit 36 37 years old did they say anything as far as calls or yes uh, again, you know, we try to avoid controversy and things that get uh, people politically stirred up, but he had a heart condition, but it was, uh, you know, made worse by COVID apparently. Um, so I, I don't know what the details were specifically with that, but it was a congenital heart deal. Uh, COVID blew it up and made it worse. He'd been out for a long time, but rumors were circulating that he was preparing for an entering return. Um, and right when those rumors were circulating, uh, this unfortunately happened. He just had a heart attack. Now, I haven't watched wrestling in a while. Had he been a belt holder or a champion of some sort? Or? He, he had been a world champion for a while. He was one of their bigger stars, definitely. His creativity was unbridled. Um, no one really could compare to him. And whether or not right. you're a super fan or not, I mean, he was a major, major part of that company for sure. And uh, no one had anything really bad to say about him. 
And I know yeah. he was Mike Rotunda's son, right? Indeed. Yeah, IRS, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And with uh, wrestled a uh, tag team with Barry Windham. Yep. And I think um, Mike's other son, Bo Dallas, was involved in Bray's last yes. uh, gimmick before he passed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, Bray had, he was essentially, I guess an easy way to say it was, he was like, he was going to be this generation's Undertaker. Mm, that's a good way oh, to put wow. it. Oh, wow. A lot of like in-ring psychology. Yeah. Uh, he would, he reinvented himself almost as much as like Mick Foley would. Yeah. Like I mm, yeah, like really, yeah. I don't watch a lot of wrestling anymore, mm-hmm. but I would always be entertained with the stuff he would do, like how he wouldn't let himself just get bored with the same one trick right. pony. He had this fantastic opening entrance where they were saying he's got the whole world in his hands and everybody had like uh he had like this lantern and everybody would go really dark and everybody would have their cell phones lit up like fireflies yeah and uh it was super cool his uh the the stable he was in unfortunately now the four of them two of them have passed oh who was the uh who was the other one Brody lee okay yeah uh, luke harper in wwe okay and that uh hit a lot of like I guess the people, his colleagues, hard too when Brody Lee passed mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, For me, I was trying to figure out why is this hitting me so hard? Celebrities die a lot, and I acknowledge right. it, and it's sad, but I was like, why is this one messing with me? And I really thought about it. You know, Jamie and I had pretty much watched his entire career from him coming up through NXT to the main roster, and it's mm-hmm. been, you know, eight or nine years. And if you see somebody, you know, once, twice, three times a month, over that long a period of time, I guess they become, I don't want to say part of your life, but it might affect you more than somebody that you just randomly come across from time to time. It felt no. a little more personal, I think. No, absolutely. You have time <laughs> to develop almost like a relationship mm-hmm. uh, with the person mm-hmm. over the, the years, and especially if there's growth or progression involved and you see them grow up or you grow up with them. But uh, but like nine years, like you said, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a chunk of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it hits your heart too when it's somebody young like that. Yeah, that's what really you know like a because it's unexpected and b because it's unfair. Like uh, Bob Barker and Terry Funk and even Jimmy Buffett. You're oh yeah, sad, Bob Barker. Yeah, uh, but you're like these people had long lives. They they got to see all their dreams come true, mm-hmm. and here's somebody who yeah he was a champion, yeah. but he was still on the beginning of his career because like mm. realistically he could have wrestled for another thirteen or fourteen years, wow. mm. like yep. no problem. Well, the Grim Reaper has been occupied lately. Um, yeah, just a lot of them. Uh, and just wrestling, just real quick while we're still on it, mm-hmm. the CM Punk stuff is crazy, right? I mean, there there is that news, and that news is uh, in the CM circles Punk? I travel in has dominated the news cycle. He got fired from AEW because of a backstage incident. Uh, you know, CM Punk is not going to uh, mm. tolerate huh. nonsense, uh, if you will, for this Safer Work podcast. He's, right. huh. Uh, and he's very confrontational with these things, and he's already had a couple of a uh, couple of kerfluffles at AUW with some other people. Um, and uh, apparently, at this last show, he'd snapped and uh, put somebody in a chokehold backstage. Oh. Now they did taunt him on live television at a pay per view. That's the biggest wrestling pay per view of all time, as far as tickets sold. So I mean, he really was poking the bear. But, you know, this is not CM Punk's first incident, and apparently he threatened the owner of the company, kind of lunged at him. The rumor is uh, that he lunged at Tony Khan. Yeah, the, so, uh, um, the owner of the Jaguars? Uh, no, his uh, father is the owner of the that's Jaguars. What, okay, yeah. yeah. The father has that amazing mustache. Mm, yeah. Um, like, but that's Connelly. the thing is, like, I could see Tony Khan's point of view is, like, this is their biggest pay-per-view ever. They sold 80,000 seats to Wembley. Um, this should have been like super positive. Wow. Like from what I understand, the matches from the, f- from the first match to the last match were fantastic. It was great. And all this stuff with CM Punk and Jungle Boy. Jack Perry. Jack Perry. 
and um, Tony Khan basically is the only thing everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it overshadowed and it. I'll if see. You, so there's that, and then plus if you lunge, like if I try to lunge at you, Bill, oh, right. you're spry, so I probably would miss. But if I try to lunge at you to hurt you, the chances of me keeping my job as like your social media guy yeah. are probably done, right? I like you a lot, Ryan. You do. You do a great job. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that. We could probably work out some anger yeah. management program, like a 12-step thing. Yeah, but still, but it's just, uh, it's sad for Sam Punky. Sometimes is his own worst enemy. Gets in his own yeah. way, for sure. He, he yeah. does seem to have a history of this, right? But I will say, like... <sighs> Nine times out of ten in these situations, I mm-hmm. agree with him. If you look yeah. at everything that led up to this happening, it's mm-hmm. understandable. And you really know what you're getting into with him. It's not like he's going to act in a way that's surprising. You know, yeah. he's not going to tolerate certain things. And uh, he sh- you can't just go around choking people out. I mean, I'll say that. But it's a very complex situation. It's a very complex situation. I don't know of him and uh, Hunter, if their relationship is resolved enough to where he would have an open door back to the WWE. Oh, I, I think uh, he could definitely go straight back there. If he's spurned and wants to bury hmm. AEW and they want to make some money, they'll both come wow. together and be like, yeah. come on back, and let's I sell some tickets. I guess he was working a little bit for WWF before he went to yes. AEW. Well, he was working on that, uh, not SmackDown, but the show that would come on before SmackDown on Fox Sports. Yes, and technically he was an employee of Fox and not WWE. Okay, but the fact they let him on WWE oh, property yeah, 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 is, yeah, definitely, is definitely. a good thing. It's for a future, uh, yeah, employment. Mm. Yeah, he's a complicated character. That's what I would do. If, if it were me, I would open up the checkbook, write him whatever check he wants, uh, like put Paul Heyman with him again, and then have him go after Roman Reigns, something like that. I mean, it writes itself. It, it yeah. could be really good stuff. But the funny part is, like, wrestling fans are so to the point where they don't want to be tricked by anything. It like, would kill them. But there's still <laughs> people out there that believe that this is all part of a story. Yeah, to work, it's not it. Um, yeah. yeah, you've always got those people that they're, they're like you said, they're, they're always going to err on the side of not getting tricked. Yeah, because they don't want to <laughs> look foolish. They don't want to look foolish. So yeah, everything yeah. is a work to them. You know, deep down inside, they're not really sure if Papa Shango is a real voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I saw him buying chickens out at the store the other night. But we did get uh, good news. I think uh, we had McKay on the program like a couple episodes ago. We and did. by the way, congratulations, McKay. He's killing it right now. Uh, his new workout regimen. His workout regimen. Like every day, I look forward to seeing like his new post on that. He's killing it. It's inspirational. It's it very is. inspirational. It really is. We could all. I'm myself. I could lose some weight here, and uh, I make on a pimento cheese diet. I, See, <laughs> but uh, he had been mentioning uh, about um, Grant and uh, Jasmine, right? Yeah. He, uh, then, matter of fact, they had sent me a text the other day, maybe today, saying that they. Um, they were looking forward to working with us as the new official owners of Nirvana Comics. Oh. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, congrats. congrats. Nice. Um, I told them that they 100% deserved it. They've put their heart and, and soul into that store for the last couple of years, really. Yeah. Because the previous owner has been uh, busy promoting his books and comics, and so he hasn't been in the store that much. Yeah. So, I think uh, Richard is going st- to be considered, like, still the founder of Nirvana Comics. He's going to be like, what's the position that Stanley was given when he uh, oh, when was, he stopped uh, working uh, full-time with Marvel? Ambassador or something like that? Or is it Emeritus? Emeritus, Whoa. yes, yeah. yes. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You just made that word up. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's like kind of what Richard is, but I do say uh, that they told me that their goal is to follow the example that Amber had had set. Um, yeah. And we've, we've spoken about amber and how great of loss that was on a few mm-hmm, of our podcasts mm-hmm. but i'm super excited for them they've been effectively running the store for the last couple of years yep so it's going to be an easy transition and um they've been working at that uh kind of that place for i think a few years before this so i'm really looking forward to uh to working with them in the future 
Yeah, because um, I know they're super excited. Like, uh, he told me and McKay told me too that they're hoping that we can figure something to do together. And we're definitely going to have them on the podcast. I think now it's into October. I think that's right. We're having a Because they're having a, um, a signing at the end of the month, I think, Bernard Chang. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah, he's going to come in, uh, do a signing there on uh, the last Wednesday in the month. The same day Nickelback is in town. Oh, my gosh. Can we get you? Nickelback in here? I can play a couple Nickelback songs on the stereo. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to have them on the podcast to talk about that. No, it's going to be great. Can we do like our version of We Are the World? Can we get like Rocky, Garen, uh, Snake Eyes, all of them in here and do our own version of that? The Live Aid Knoxville style. Yeah. But Mike could be the Quincy Jones, the producer there. Mm-hmm. At the- mm-hmm. yeah. You don't want me singing. I'm just going to tell you that right uh, now. You could be like the, the Huey Lewis. <laughs> can you moonwalk? I can't. Oh, uh, well. I don't think anybody's ever moonwalked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, like we said, there wasn't a lot of news this week. Uh, yeah. There was death and then kind of like a rebirth, the rebirth of Nirvana Comics. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good that. transition. Um, yeah. Thank you. That's why I get paid. <laughs> In comic books. <laughs> hey, that's a lot. Uh, Mike, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about Ashoka. Is this Ashoka? Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka. It's just started, and I know you and Jamie are really digging it. You know, I really am. It feels like Star Wars, but it also goes in a slightly new direction that I'm a big fan of. I really like it. The idea of uh, hyperspace lanes that lead to another galaxy entirely. Um, I love the tone of the show. I love the new villains. Um, it, it just it feels quality. I, I, I like it all. Rosario Dawson killing it is an older Soka. Uh, I didn't watch Star Wars Rebels, but I can imagine if I did, and I'm going to. I'm going to go back and watch it now. It's going to be a prequel of sorts, but... Uh, you know, I can imagine the people that were a fan of that really like this even more. I haven't really heard a lot of complaining about it, which is good. No, <laughs> is good. I think this is effectively, the way it's been described to me, this is Rebels Season 5. It is, it is. Oh, that's awesome. Because it's Dave Filoni, who was the showrunner for Rebels, and I think he's showrunning this one also. He can do no wrong in my eyes as far as Star Wars goes. He, like, he gets it. Um, and that seems to be the consensus, is that he has kind of more of a love for the source material. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe someone that grew up as a fan, but not a fanboy. Yeah. You know. Before we move in, because we, mm-hmm. we have a really cool, the main story that we're going to do tonight is super cool. But I thought before we did that, we could ask you a question. Cause yeah, of course. We get questions. We oh, get all the all time. All kinds of it's, questions yeah. here. This is a good question because this comes from our uh, guest next week, Carson Hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's coming come, back on to the, uh, show us magic tricks. And I I'm know, super excited. I can already tell like you were smiling before you even said it. <laughs> I love magic. Don't try to tell me... No. How a trick is done. You don't watch the... the no, I did not like when that um, the mass, mass magician yeah. used to... I considered him a traitor. Really? Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm, so you mm. prefer to have the, the wonder... Right up there with the... Judas. <laughs> not <laughs> like the mass, sing, the mass magician. Mass singer I'm okay with. If you can belt a tune out while you're wearing a giant bat outfit, yeah. that's talent. You got a mouse head and you're singing, you know... <laughs> No, I, I, he's uh, he told me came in the store a couple of days ago and said he specifically is working on four or five tricks wow. just for Shipley. I'm excited, yeah. yeah. So and we're gonna hope to get some of those recorded and we'll put them up. We don't have really a YouTube channel. No, we should. I'm we gonna, should uh, definitely yeah, we should look have into a, that. I like how he said that it. as he looked at me, his social media guy. <laughs> uh, but we'll figure out where to put them up, and okay. uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun a fun conversation. But uh, he asked. Uh, what is the biggest challenge facing comic book store owners today? Oh, dang. He asked the hard question. Yeah. yeah, that's uh so the hardest is probably going to be golly, it's difficult to say cuz there's several. Um if mm. I had to pick one, 
it's going to be how to compete with the uh, the online internet sales and and, okay. and businesses that don't have brick and mortar overhead. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and because a lot of people they don't live within a convenient driving distance of comic book store, so they'll order online, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then online can they can generally offer larger discounts online uh, because they do bulk. Yeah. You know, so they can uh, they can order higher numbers. So as a store, you're going to have to try and compete. So, does that happen a lot more for you? Not as fo- much with like the floppies, but with mm-hmm. the trades and the omnibuses, like because a lot of those can be found like deeper discounted online because so, of that. Yeah. So the same way. And so what they'll do sometimes is they'll come in and they'll show you on the cell phone and they'll say, "Here, I can buy it from uh, graphicnovelwholesale.com for sixty dollars. It's a hundred dollar book." Uh, you sell it to me for 60 bucks and I can either choose to sell it for 60 or he'll push the button on the cell phone and order it from Graphic oh. Novel Wholesale. Yeah. <laughs> right in front of me right there. So just kind of show it to oh, me. And, oh, yeah. Okay. They, they wow. stick, yeah, they try and stick the knife in. Yeah. But uh, so as a retailer, you have to you have to figure out ways. You're not going to be able to combat some of that. Yeah, yeah, So you yeah. have to figure out ways to make the internet work for you okay. to mm-hmm. balance out the force. Okay. So, <laughs> so what you do is you you say, okay, I, I'm going to sell stuff online. I'm going to take this uh, this the book or this statue that I've had in my store for six months, and I'm tired of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And now I can sell it anytime I want, as long as I put the right price on it. Before the internet, I just had to wait for some guy to come in on vacation mm-hmm. that was going to mm-hmm. the Smokies, yeah, and was like, oh, I haven't seen that in Fresno, California, and uh, he buys mm-hmm. it and takes it with him and. It may be four or five years until I can get rid of it. Now okay. I can get rid of it anytime I want at, at the right price. So it's nowhere near as dire as like Mark Ballard was trying to. Yeah, oh, that was to yeah. Uh, what was that about? No, and then I mean, just like anything, you're going to have people that periodically are, are on the anti side, and, uh, and the people are on the pro side, and so I, I don't take you know anybody's opinion. Uh, as, as gospel. Actually, let's talk about that. That might be a good okay. thing to mention. Mark mm-hmm. Millar yeah. recently came out and said that the comics industry was such in a state of shambles that he felt that one of the only ways you could, quote, save it was if the big names were to come back now and, and do like a 12-issue run, something like that, like a McFarlane drawing Spotty or Frank Miller uh, writing Batman, something like yeah. that. And uh, that's, a, that's a bold statement. It's such a bold statement where would it work with some creators? Yeah, but... Like that Batman Spawn that came out in December. Mm-hmm. How did it sell? Because I mm. I never saw anywhere from DC or Image either one of them bragging about how it did. I mean, I sold out of them. You did but, sell out, but you know that's just anecdotal. That's just my store. Mm-hmm. Uh, nationwide, yeah. though, I, I think they did do a second print, maybe even okay. a third print. But so. yeah, but I think a lot of people don't realize. Like the three of us have been reading comics since mm-hmm. the '80s into the '90s, and we understand like how with some creators how badly it would get with how how much uh, delays were done in comics. Oh yeah. Like, it was, like it, there would be when image first started, you m- may get months. You may get the first issue of Spawn or the second or maybe Youngblood or something like that. And you would not see another issue for like four to five months. Yeah. Wet works. So I don't see how that's oh, gonna yeah, sustain. Yeah. And as we've seen with some of these big comic creators today, like the mm-hmm. Frank Millers, they're not what they were. That's a fair statement. Yeah. yeah, and then some of that is just based on name nostalgia. You know, you figure you get yeah. the name of Frank Miller on a Batman book. Yeah. But if you read his last few Batman projects, well, so the ones that are co-written by Brian Azzarello, okay. those, those have been good. Those have been good. But Do you think it would get to the point, though, where it would start looking 
more like a gimmick, more like what they do when they push out a new number one, and it would, after time, just the numbers would go to whatever the number was of the book at that point. So yeah, so you, you basically you get into the um, the chicken little thing, or the, or the I'm sorry, the boy that cried wolf. Yeah, I, I mixed up my metaphors. <laughs> but, so uh, where if you know they say okay, this is uh this is the big Frank Miller Batman project out of all time. Oh yeah. no no, this is the the last Batman Frank Miller project. Oh right right. No no no, this is it right mm-hmm. here. It's like the Kiss yep. Farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> and we've it, all seen what happens with Heroes Reborn. Yeah Ooh. yeah yeah. I mean you kind of go to the well too many times. Mm-hmm. Yep. It would be a diminishing returns yeah but if they did do something that would bring a lot of press or something like that it wouldn't be a terrible thing for the industry yeah i think mcfarland drawing spotty would be a good example that would be big i think he could Mm -hmm. probably still pull it off although batman spawn you were just mentioning was was drawn by capullo yeah 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 but it would just be one of those things where and this is kind of a self-own because all his books are done through image it's where he basically said uh they've not had a uh, any creator owned success story in comics and saga, which is 2012. That can't be right. So no, it's not. Something's it's killing not the children. Right. Well, hello. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if, yeah, if you take something, something's killing children, but just an image alone, mm-hmm. uh, King spawns, gunslinger spawn, crossover, twig, Jupiter's legacy, mm-hmm. Noctera, stray dogs, um, mother of madness, vanish, void rivals, the ice walking cr- dead, ice Deluxe, cream man, department of truth, world oh, tree, yeah, truth. Yeah. sky brown X, primordial, mm-hmm. outcast, undiscovered country. Okay, Geiger. we get it, we get it. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's silly to say that Saga was the last big hit. Yeah, in I'm, in image. I mean, if he's talking about monumental, huge, I mean, sales records. I mean, Saga probably was. Yeah, but there's been a lot of other. Uh, and just, to be honest, like. Saga never really hit broke mainstream either. No, no. I mean, the numbers dropped after a while, and then some yeah. of the later issues became harder to find. Yeah, but it's just whole. Uh, and like we were saying when we had McKay on, mm-hmm. we were just calculating our hit in Knoxville and the surrounding areas. There's 13 to 14 different places that you that, can buy yeah, comics. I think that's what we counted. Ridiculous. Yeah, Ridiculous. I would say to say that we're in our blockbuster in the blockbuster days right now seems silly. If I midtown city like knoxville and surrounding areas can well in fairness when i talk to people from memphis or nashville they don't have nearly the per capita stores mm. in those cities that knoxville yeah. has knoxville may be an outlier we could be an outlier mm-hmm. but i think it's just that it shows i mean obviously stores are going to close that's just the nature of the beast mm-hmm. but do you think it's as dire as M- Malara is trying to say not that i see personally and like i said this is anecdotal this is just from me uh one store's perspective but uh the numbers, my sales numbers haven't really dropped any since the pandemic. Um, if anything, what I noticed during the pandemic was when I wasn't getting my regular diamond in DC Marvel books, uh, I was still making the same amount of profit mm. uh, those months because I wasn't having twenty five, thirty five thousand dollars in diamond and uh, DC bills. Yeah. So I had enough product that I was still able to sell. Once I once I took off the the loss of that much, you know, um, I was still able to sell enough stuff that I was netting the same amount. So, yeah. it's one of those situations to where every store is different. If your store is just based on your diamond, you're you're like a diamond catalog store to where all you're doing, you don't have back issues, you don't have toys. It's like a store in the mall where you go in and it's just the new books. Yeah, uh, maybe some graphic novels. Those stores may be in trouble. Okay. But it like the legit kind of comic book store like you that you think of in your mind like when you were a kid that you went into. Yep. Those stores should be fine. 
Yeah, because you just start, like here, and you do comics, you do the books, but you also do like the toys and everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you're, you're diversified enough that if something, if like one of the revenue streams goes down, you have enough stuff that you should be able to, to survive temporarily. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I've got a bunch of stuff I'm sending on. I'm just trying to get off my butt and, and get it sold to some degree. I'm considering, do I slab this one? Do I not slab this one? Do you feel like slabbing and slab books drive a lot of business in the comic industry these days? Um. So if you're selling online or it's an investment mm. yes mm. because with an investment purpose it, it locks in that grade you, hopefully the book's not going to degrade any further you've got it protected um, and it's going to be easy to resell mm. and with the online thing it's because someone you've had a third party that's kind of adjudicated the grade mm. back in the old wild west i would just say hey this book looks very good to me i'm gonna put it online and i would say hey here's a very good green lantern number four yeah. And you're very good, and my very good uh, may not be the same mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's where problems would arise. Now you have a third-party company that's somewhat reliable that um, that will kind of be the arbiter and, and, and kind of like the King Solomon, like he's making the final decision. you know. And so when you sell something, you're like, hey, this is a 7.0 graded by CGC. Take it as it is. And so it took all that out of the equation and made it much easier to sell online. So the short answer is, Mike, get your stuff graded if it's if it's worth it. Like if you put the money into it, that you're going to see the return. Because to get a book graded, it's going to be about twenty five, thirty bucks. Sure, sure. And and B, if you do it, make sure it's going to be a book where you're either doing it as an investment, you know, or something that book that means something to you that's sentimental. Though I hate when a key, like let's say I want to get a, a key issue graded, yeah. it breaks the run. So if like I've got like whole hmm. one through twenty five, I'm going to sell those, but I want to pull out twenty four because it's worth a hundred bucks, and then I broke in the run. Ah. That's why you tell me to find your raw one. I'll, I'll oh, find one. I'll say, I'll say one. <laughs> nice, I like, like it. No, that's, that's that's fascinating though. But two years ago, near the end of August, for people that have only been going to the store for I guess the last two years, mm-hmm. we used to be about a hundred yards over. That's right. We were at thirty seven eleven, and now we're at thirty six eleven. Yep. So at that point in the the center, it was essentially it was the comic store. And there was a mechanic at the very end, right? There was. Like, yep. Jocelyn had already moved uh, South Press down here. Right, right, yep. to, like, 3613 or... And so, there was a hotel at the very end, who, I guess, back in the day, was a very nice, swanky hotel, right? Had an elevator. Had a, had an elevator, like, all wooden elevator, and had brass fixtures. Yeah, and it's... And, uh, uh, what it was it before it finally closed down? So, it, it was kind of like a... I guess you describe it as a tenement motel. Okay. Uh, where people who mostly lived on government assisted. Uh, Our friend Sweet Tennessee Lee. He, he lived on the fourth floor okay. for years. Yeah. And um, one time tried to get a refrigerator down a ladder out of his window. Okay. Uh, he was right. Yeah, he was right above <laughs> Uncle Easy's pawn shop. Um, he lived right above the pawn store. But uh, so That's it's the pawn shop. By the way, always cracked me up. My favorite thing ever was yeah. they had a fake leg in the window yeah. and i'm just picturing the guy who walked in and came hopping out with like money in his hand <laughs> a smile well, in his face i think i asked him about that he told me the guy had upgraded to like a newer model leg okay. and uh, didn't have a need for the old leg and wanted to get some money out of it and was hard up and, and palm. so one um i think it was like a thursday or friday night right like uh, into saturday morning so yeah i think that's right it was like maybe around midnight is that when you got the call? No, I got it maybe like around seven or eight in the morning. Was it, and who called you exactly? Was it like a customer that had seen the seen what was happening? Yes, I think it was someone that or maybe had seen. Oh, they'd seen a picture posted on Facebook 
where someone had driven by mm. and had snapped a picture where the entire third and fourth floors of the Parkway Motel were just engulfed in flames. Yeah. So when you're told, when you wake up to this, uh-huh. is there like an immediate like drop in your stomach? Like, do you feel like? So the way the store was laid out, so there was, it was almost like a strip mall. The store I was in had been like an old uh, office supply store, and back in the day, it had been a pharmacy in there. And then there was next to me, there was, I guess it was it was like a apothecary and jewels or something. Okay. And then there was a pawn store. And then there was the motel okay. on the end. And the motel was like four or five stories tall. It was, I think it's, yeah. it was the tallest building on Chapman Highway. Okay, wow. Yeah, and um, because it was built so long ago that I, yeah. I don't think you can build them that tall anymore. The motel had fallen in disrepair, and it had been it had been uninhabited for maybe three or four years. And the the, the stairwells were crickety. Like if you, they felt like you were going to fall through at any point. Mm. It kind of felt like you were in the, what was that, in The Shining, the... Oh, the hotel and the, the shining. The hotel and the shining. You know, where yeah, it just yeah. overlook. Felt, the overlook, yeah, where all, yeah, yeah. all the rooms were empty. And you felt yeah. like you're gonna walk in and see like the woman in the bathtub. Yeah, it was yeah, just, yeah. it had that vibe. And the police had been told not to go in there because only if they were, in, it was an active pursuit. Okay. Otherwise, uh, it was, was too like, dangerous. It was too. Yeah, they were afraid that someone was gonna get hurt. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was, since it was uninhabited and the police never went in there, these guys thought it'd be a good place to put a, a meth lab. So they broke bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were breaking yeah. bad. They were breaking okay. bad on the third floor, I think. Okay. And uh, I guess it got out of hand one night, and uh, I think they got out because um, someone said they saw someone running across the Chapman Highway with no shirt. The sh- they, I guess the, what they had, the, the thing had exploded or caught on fire and um, ended up, I think the third and fourth floor got pretty burned pretty bad. So it didn't affect us because we were probably – Maybe, you know, our store was maybe four stores down from it, so yeah. we weren't directly attached. Yeah. But the problem was is that the entire strip mall had been built back in the day when they didn't put firewalls in between these places. Yeah. So basically, like, once this wall came down, it's like dominoes. Like, this wall has to come down. Yeah. But now this store is missing this wall. But you also so. got kind of a backdraft that protected the firm it not getting down to you, right? Like- oh, right. So, yeah, they, they, basically there had been a, a hole blown out of the back wall that allowed a bunch of oxygen to rush in Ooh. and uh, created a backdraft and the fire went straight up from the third to the fourth floor to yeah. the, so uh, in that sense, we were pretty lucky because Ron's right, it could very easily have gone down and then it definitely would have gotten to the pawn shop and then. Oh yeah, yeah, because you said it had started at midnight and you got word finally around seven. Yeah, so when I get out here, someone calls me like around 7 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. and I get out here and they're still three four fire trucks out here oh, wow mm. and they're still all spraying water on it yeah and i go up to one of the firemen you know I, I they had it kind of blocked off where you couldn't um you couldn't get on chapman highway for maybe about a quarter mile so i pulled around the back and i i pull in and i, I talked to the, the fireman showed them your comic book id yeah. <laughs> Store I said, ID. hey listen <laughs> yeah. uh flash them your badge this yeah. is this is important business yeah i said uh i said hey guys uh you haven't put the fire out yet and uh, he said, "Buddy, we put this fire out three times already." Whoa! He said, it, "The problem is, is that there's it's a chemical fire, so it reignites with chemicals that are in the air, I guess." Or at that point, I'm I'm more worried about like water damage and smoke mm-hmm. damage than fire yeah. damage. Like I know I'm safe from the fire damage, but I don't want like a bunch of water, you know, kind of. Because we had also learned like just how bad water damage can be for a comic book store, like oh, from our friend yeah. Rocky, yeah, yeah. But luckily, they they put it out and. There was no, uh, I think, yeah, no, um, nobody was hurt. 
The bad news, though, is that they, uh, because the structure had been compromised and weakened, they had to tear the whole thing down from like the, the end of the motel, like you said, all the way to the garage there at the other yeah. end. And so you and you learned that like on Labor Day, right? I think that's right. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, I pick up the phone on a Tuesday morning, and it's the landlord, and he says, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna need you out of there by Friday." And now, Grant, keep in mind, I've got like 22 years worth of stuff. Like it was yeah. about 5,000 square foot. Now that's when your heart probably dropped, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is an impossible task. This is this sounds like one of those those TV game shows where they <laughs> oh. they're like, hey, can you move this house in yeah. 24 hours? Just, you know, uh, plank by plank. We were very lucky in the sense that we kind of put out a call for for a lot of our, fr- our friends and yeah, uh, and that you had Lane because I came here the first day that um mm-hmm. that you started really doing the move, which I think was a Thursday because Wednesday would have been New Comic yeah, Day, and you were right. like. We can't really start doing any kind of moving. We'll start Thursday morning. Today. Yeah. Mm. So I came in that Thursday morning. Lane had that giant list of people that had to be called. Did you always like immediately, like when he told you, hey, we're closing down, mm-hmm. and he offered this place here, or were there other places you were looking at? Well, so only because of the time crunch I was in that I had, like I said, you're like, hey, you got to be out by Friday. Uh, so in my mind, I'm thinking, you know saturday morning there's a uh there's a wrecking ball coming through this building you know that's vis- yeah. that's how i'm visualizing yeah, yeah, it yeah. to kind of motivate myself right yeah 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 so i say okay before i hang up the phone i said listen i gotta move 22 23 years of stuff here yeah um I, and it kind of and what i was trying to do was subconsciously let him know that i've been renting from him for this long that you know Smart. hey yeah. yeah and he said okay i tell you um the problem is is that i'm renting this demo machinery and it's costing me ten thousand dollars a day, because okay. he had like dump trucks and those yeah. giant cranes with the dinosaur teeth. And I remember that when they tore down the end building, me and you came out and watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We was almost like it was the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. Yeah, you know, yeah, where, yeah. So he says, "Yeah, I, I, what I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you until until Monday." Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's Which better is still than a, that's a hard a, feat. Yeah. It's still a hard feat, but mm-hmm. it's so much better than Friday. Yeah. So wow. we, yeah, luckily Lane, she made this huge list. She called waste management. She had like two dumpsters delivered. Um, she called KUB. She called the security company. She called, you know, the. You even had people come out that were interested in the um, the marble on your floor, right? Like that was like historical. So value. she called, I guess, the Knoxville Historical Society. Yeah. And uh, said, Which "Hey, it's awesome that she thought about that because that's not something I would have thought." Not of. in a million years. All yeah. I'm thinking about is getting that stuff out of that place. Yep. And she was like, "Hey, this uh, this entire store, the floor and the outer facade, is all Tennessee pink marble, which is what the the White House is made out of. Yeah, the Washington Monument is made oh, wow. out of. And I think there's only two or three places where you can mine pink marble in the United States. One of wow. which is right back here in okay. uh, South Knoxville. What? Yeah, That's crazy. Uh, so uh, she called, and they came, and they, they chiseled off a bunch of pieces off the front of the building. Yeah, but I remember that like that first day when I came in to help, and uh, she, as at the point, was like looking at YouTube videos to figure out how you get uh, statues back in the boxes because you don't want to take these statues as formed like that and try to get them down to another building. No, and so her whole job, not her whole job, but one the main job she had yeah. was I think her and another lady spent two days probably yeah. Ron you think yeah doing yeah, yeah. nothing but boxing reboxing statues taking statues that we had out on display in the showcases yeah. and yeah. on the floor and putting them back in the original boxes it's, it's to a move puzzle them. it is because all you have are the little styrofoam uh, indentations yep that's your only clue and so she would find these YouTube unboxing videos 
and she finds the, mo- the moment the moment where oh, they wow, yes wow. Yeah. the moment where they cut the box open and flip over the styrofoam and she would freeze frame it yeah and she would be like and she would turn the camera and say is this thing you know the angle i got it's my pretty box smart out. actually yeah it is uh yeah because there were some that were like ron said they were like rubik's cubes yeah wow. and it's great that she was able to do that because i i like i know your mind at that time you had so much on your mind and and oh, you were basically imagine. going non-stop from that monday mm-hmm. when you were told hey you have to leave, you have to get out right yeah yeah because like i said all, all i'm thinking about is okay monday morning now the wrecking ball's coming through the big giant cranes coming through so we had i think over the week or so the, the five days we had probably 15 20 30 people yeah it was awesome it was it reminded me a bit of like ants are like pikmin like you mm-hmm. just had like <laughs> long lines of people going to one of the i think you had two u-hauls well we had a we had a 15 foot u-haul and then um our buddy tyler had his uh, his work truck oh cool okay and so he loaded it down he, he moved like a hundred and something hot toys for us and a bunch of this i think a bunch of the statues and the bigger pieces but we filled the, that that 15 foot u-haul we filled it 14 times and that first because wow. i remember mm-hmm. uh I, I came in on thursday and that's when i realized ryan you love to help bill but your body can't handle some of that yeah because uh, you went from how big was the old store to this store I think the old store is probably right at 5,000 square foot, and this one's 3,400. Okay, yeah. So I, I was there for a lot of the, the toy moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I think you put on Facebook that day or day before, hey, this is what's happening. We need people. If you can help us, let us know. And just like – and I think it's because of just how good of a guy you are that you had this loyalty that people would they take their time off work to come basically work. Well, and I think only 22% of them asked for bigger discounts. Only 22%? <laughs> hey, I was happy. I got a burger that day. No, I think we, uh, I think we did burgers. We did burger we did, boys. We did, uh, we did pizzas one day. Yeah. That's when I found out Tyler's a, a vegan. It was, I'll take it back. It was, the day, it was when we ordered Bojangles. Oh. I think I can't remember if there was something that they... He could have the pimento cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so what day in that, like uh, when everybody started coming out and having a movie, and you're like, oh my God, we may get this done in time. No one was really kind of had like a defeatist attitude. We were yeah. all thought we were pretty go- pretty well going to make it, but it was it, it was amazing to see. It was almost it's almost like if you did one of those time lapse photo- photos, yeah, where it goes from being a, a completely full like in the one of those hoarders episodes where yeah. the ladies got all the boxes, yeah, to being where you can actually see the carpet and you can see oh there's a couch under there and um so it it, it was almost like that. So you, when you imagine moving five thousand square foot of stuff and not only that but most of the stuff is heavy. Because a lot of it's long boxes. We moved, I think, a little bit under a thousand long boxes. Um, Dang. Yeah, and that's not counting the short boxes and the magazine boxes. And um, so it was, it was a physical feat for one. Uh, yeah. Logistical it was a nightmare because uh, yeah. we were just cramming stuff in here and we weren't able to lay it out. So the issue there is now, how do I do business when all my stuff is boxed? And it, not only is it boxed, did you but, stay open during everything? So we closed for that week. So I think from Thursday until the next week on Tuesday, so maybe. So like con- on New Convict Day, you you finally opened the store. For well, I can't remember if D.C. was doing Tuesday at that point. They may have been. They were because this was the year after COVID. Okay, so they it's were. 2021. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. So Tuesday we were trying to be open somewhat, even yeah. though I didn't even have a counter. Yeah. Because uh, our old counter, our old oh, store, yeah. it was well, too big. We couldn't get it yeah. out of the store. Like, Who there was did no the way. counter for you? Um, 
Carissa and Marcus Monday. They did an amazing job. It was incredible. They came in like right after it happened, and uh, they said, um, "Oh, I was talking to Chris, I think, and the, the subject of a counter came up, and I think apparently she went outside and got on her phone and called Marcus, her husband, and like a week and a half later, they'd built me a giant counter. That's crazy. And um, so the other counter just could not get moved. It was too. We couldn't fit it through the door. I mean, we would have had to cut it into pieces. Okay. So uh, it got yeah, it got demolished. And you left a reliable behind too. Your old refrigerator. Oh yeah. That Westinghouse dude. It was lime green, like that seventies color avocado it's green the that all the that, uh, Indiana Jones got into to escape the bomb. Yeah, I mean, effectively, it was like that. Yes, and, and it was still uh, working perfectly, right? Like, and, and I tell you, I never cleaned that thing one time. I could tell. It, it, and, it, and when the when I, the guy gave it to me in 1998, it was yeah. Rick, Rick Beckley. My buddy Rick Beckley gave it to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he goes, hey, here's this old refrigerator. He goes, this thing's on its last legs, man. He goes, but use it for whatever it's got left. So I was figuring I'll, I'll use it for a couple of years. It'll die. By then I'll have some money. I can buy like one of those little smaller refrigerators. Yeah. Because this thing was the huge member jamba kind of uh yeah. that you saw in like the the brady bunch episodes yeah 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 and um and so he gives it to me in 99 on its last legs and in 2021 when they tore down the store if i would have been able to get that thing out of the door and fit it into this place mm-hmm. i would have taken that thing with me yes i felt yeah. out of all the stuff <laughs> in that store that i felt terrible about leaving in there yeah. that was the one that it kind of broke my heart a little bit that i had to leave that westinghouse and then refrigerator. when you uh, before you got the move down into this new store, it needed a lot of TLC too, right? Because it had been empty for a minute. Like it had a weird, I remember it had a weird funk when we first came in here. We had to buy like those Renewsits, kind of the smell things and put yep. them around the store. Yep. Apparently it had been like an underground club for a while. <laughs> and they had to wow. take I out the- I kept looking for where the strip pole was. They had to- uh, Oh, right there. Okay. <laughs> you can see where it was bolted to the okay, floor. Nice. But they had never to, thought about putting strip pole back. Well, uh, I had a couple of the customers ask for it, and I told them if they took up some type of a, a GoFundMe, that possibly we could uh, we could use it as a bat. I could claim it's a bat pole. Yeah. Um, kind of puts a new spin on a comic strip. <laughs> yes. It, uh, <laughs> nice. it's, it's good. Nice. So, uh, but no, it was um, it was a logistical nightmare, and, and just to get the stuff out of the boxes and set back up, and we didn't have time. They, they had to pull all the carpet out of this place. The, the realtor sex because the, the smell yeah they'd use these carpet squares and so it messed up the floor and so i did i was going to epoxy the, the the concrete yeah yeah and yeah. uh i didn't even have time to do that you because, did it because you had to start i had to start moving stuff, stuff in yeah. and, and so the pot i called the epoxy people and they said we can do it and you know tomorrow but the problem is it's going to be a 72 hour drawing process you can't put anything on it yeah so uh, that that was out of the question and after the, the 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 squares, the carpet squares, the realtor was not wanting anybody to put down carpet squares, and uh, I couldn't get carpet down fast enough. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Um, they would have to come out, measure, cut. So it just turned into a process to where we just had to go ahead and put it down on concrete. So it's 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 like an industrial chic look. You How know, long did the, it take you to get used to the new place? Like I know it's like a yeah. little trickier because you don't have as much space. It definitely didn't feel like home at first, but once I got everything unpacked, which was a long process, anybody that's moved will tell you it takes three times as long to unpack as it does to pack. Yep. Like you'll still have stuff sitting in boxes. You were finding stuff that you had no idea you had. Uh, yeah, no, I the Ark fi- of the Covenant. I wonder where I put that. It was in that on row seventeen, box yeah. seven, crate mm-hmm. seven. So I would find stuff. It was almost like a weird game show. We would just open hmm. up a box and you know what's in the box, and yeah, you want to yeah, trade yeah. it for the bigger box, and yeah, it. 
but once I got everything unpacked, that's when it felt like more like normal to me, like okay. where stuff was kind of getting back. And, and like I said, the issue was I didn't have stuff out to even sell. Yeah. So when I'm opening the doors, like on that Tuesday, let's say, um, everything's in boxes on top of boxes on top of boxes. So someone says, hey, have you got the first Hope Future Imperfect issues one and two? I do. They're in a box somewhere here in the store. Yeah. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So until I could find that stuff and get it out, the store was very inefficient. But I think everybody was patient, like with you, like absolutely. I wasn't as patient. I was like, you got very kind of uppity. Is killing the children. Yes, like every day I was getting a phone call at three thirty. And I think it's a lot of times like some people always are afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the reason we have the communities we have. Without the help, I would not have been able to do that. It There's was, no way. Physically, it would have been impossible. People would have arrested you for child labor. Just <laughs> you and your kids and your wife. They would have went on strike after the third oh, day, yeah, dude. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I can't see Baby Ninja doing it much. But out on the picket lines. Yeah. Like, Did you have a lot of times like trouble at first, like getting the customers to know, hey, because the ones that didn't know that went up there and saw his, yes. a building that was now gone. So this is the, this is the good thing is that we were only what do you think around maybe a hundred yards you think this is from my it's old store yeah it's not that bad like if you imagine it yeah so if, if visually if you're looking if you're like oh wow where'd the comic book store go all you gotta do is look a hundred yards to the right and you're gonna see us yeah so yeah, yeah. you know 95 percent of the people that's how it went down right they would yeah, be like oh yeah, where yeah. the comic book store there they are the the problem was i had with and this is very difficult you wouldn't even think about something like this but when we moved i guess somehow like 16 hours later, Google found out and marked our business as closed. Oh. Without putting the new place up. Without putting the new place up. It just said 3711 is not there. That yep. business is closed, which 3711 oh, was not there. They had just. I remember I saw that and. They had just tore it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, in that sense, they were. But try calling somebody at Google. Like, I mean, go on, go on, go on Google and Google how to call Google, and you can't do it. You have to send like a the email thing. They have to wait and respond, and then somehow maybe they'll call you. Mm. You know, if it gets to the proper chain of, of cues or whatever. So How did that take? about six weeks. Jeez. They had to mail me a postcard to the address. What? Uh, to, 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 <laughs> the uh, little Google car had to, to, to confirm come by. the Google has got to come by and they got to snap a picture while I'm outside holding yeah. the, the day's newspaper to prove that it's that day. <laughs> yeah. You know, just crazy stuff like that, Ron. Yeah, and so. You'd be surprised how many people, I guess I wouldn't be surprised, but there's so many people that use Google as, let me see what the store hours are. Mm-hmm. How do I, I get do. there? How do, what's that? how do I get there again? Well, what's the address so I can put yeah, in my yeah, GPS? Yeah. All that stuff. And every time they were doing that, it was saying we were closed. Did you get to keep, like, when they finally got it moved to the proper address, did all your reviews come over too? So that's the other thing. For the longest time, they didn't transfer, I want to say 359 reviews, something like that. And uh, wow. so. I remember we did a thing to encourage people to review the store. So we had to ask a lot of people to re review. And then I think at some point, Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, I think they did transfer. I think so, because I, I hope to God the, Which, the you negative had, review that you got was angry about the, the the lack of certain Chinese food. The price of the <laughs> the, the price of the shrimp cocktail. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. person said, it, "I paid six eighty nine for a shrimp cocktail at this place. That's unacceptable. Who pays six eighty nine? And yeah. I remember thinking six eighty nine was such a weird number. Yeah, you know, like at a restaurant, yeah, it's, it's yeah, going to yeah. say like six ninety nine. It's going to yeah. say fourteen dollars. Yeah. This lady's like, "Who pays six seventy six for a shrimp cocktail at a, you know?" So yeah. it's that was. That was one of those ones that you didn't even have to put the rebuttal to. 
Uh-huh. You know, saying it, it stands on its own. Anyone it's that reads amazing. it, yeah. And so two years here, you've had like customers that now come here that had no idea there was a store over here. So yes, well, there, there's that, and there's and it's weird because some people come in and it's been so long since they came from Indiana mm-hmm. 12 years ago, and they'll come in and they're like, oh man, I, I'm glad you're still here. And they walk in, they're like, man, did you change this layout of the store? That's like them and say, no, this is how the store has been for 20 something years. <laughs> I could put leave them on the hook like that yeah, for yeah, a little yeah. bit, but I, I generally don't want to risk the sale. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll tell them, I'm like, no, we moved and I explain the situation. But again, another mm. fun part about owning a comic book store, owning any kind of just like any kind of business. It's, it's one of those things, and you don't think about. You're just thinking about, oh, this is gonna be great to own a comic book store. It's on, it's gonna be like Big Bang Theory, the store, and the. Yep. But uh, you don't think about the odd things like break-ins. Yeah. Your the the sprinklers going off in the store. Um, and it was fake. God wanted you back next to South Press. So, so you I, could so you could continue to get all your yummy treats. Hey, I've cut those out, Ron. I'm, you living, have? I'm living the healthy life. Noel, every now and then she'll okay. bring me some leftovers okay. from the day. I just love those kind of like those stories like that because it it kind of just shows because a lot of people think running a comic store is the the dream job, and it is. So there's like yes, like you said, it, it, and it's it's easy to always think of the positives that it's going to be cool. I'm going to get to read all the comics. My friends are going to come over and hang out. But at the same time, you know, you're also going to have... have to deal the, with meth heads. Like you're going to you're gonna have the dude who doesn't leave, who comes <laughs> yeah. and, and hangs out with you for six hours. Yeah. And then uh, says, oh, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll buy something next time. <sighs> or, yeah. or whatever the situation yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. But, hit, but that, hit with the pandemic. And so when you when you do hear stories from, from different comic stores, like I, I do get tired of the stories about what book sells best for you. What, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you hear that all the time. Yeah. And, uh, but if you, yeah, if you really want to know what it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's these stories that you deal with the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Speaking of fascinating, let's do some, uh, recommendation. Who wants to go first? Uh, there's, I'm enjoying a lot of things right now. I'd, I'd really oh. like to talk about Armored Core 6 because I'm loving it so much. However, huh. uh, being this, uh, comic podcast and all, I really want to talk about Void Rivals. I know I've mentioned it before. Okay. Um, I recently read the third one, and I'm very excited for a couple reasons. First of all, there's this weird synchronicity where I'm going back through and watching old Transformers episodes. I'm on season three, and season three is where a lot of these characters they're introducing in Void Rivals right now is from. The Quintessons, uh, Skuxoids, so they're bringing mm-hmm. in all these obscure, well, semi-obscure characters from that lore from the season that is very odd, uh, very different from the other Transformers stuff, so it's just cool synchronicity to see them popping up in this book right now. One thing I'm particularly excited about is in the letters page for the most recent Void Rivals, issue three, uh, they mention Mask, and they mention it in the sort of obscure, not obscure, but like obfuscated sort of hint way about Mask, and the comment that's made made me realize something. The characters, the main two characters of Void Rivals, are wearing these masks that look like they could oh. be from that show. Oh, okay. And with this shared Energon universe with the Hasbro properties, after this, yep. I am 100% convinced they're bringing Mask into this. That's and, a, yeah, so, I'd heard that it was going to involve more pro- Hasbro properties than just Transformers crazy. and Joe. Yes, uh, and if you really think about it, the villains in the Mask franchise are called Venom. Hmm. So I could really see this being like an offshoot of Cobra where they get a hold of some Transformers tech, which allows them to start transforming the vehicles. You know, they can't make them alive, but they can make the vehicles change a little bit, bringing those masks from the Void Rivals in. They're, they're really building this slowly, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. I, I'd love to see these franchises done well for a change. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Void Rivals. Everybody get on board. Energon Universe. Well, I know they've sent me the first eight pages of the new Larry Hammond G.I. Joe Real oh, American what? Hero. And cool. uh, it looks phenomenal. 
Nice. Okay. Like the uh, the art looks great. Um, the story looks really cool. They're not re- like doing a soft reboot, right? It's like straight up number straight 301. Straight up 301. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if they're keeping... Spoiler, I'm not sure if they're keeping Snake Eyes dead. Because uh, I think he died toward the end of the IDW run. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it looks really, really promising. That's awesome. The yeah. Transformers 1 comes out, what, October 4th, 8th, something like that. Early part of October, yes. I know. And I'm very much looking forward to that. And it's ongoing, right? Yes. Like the G.I. Yes. Joes are minis. Yeah, they're, they're minis. You've got Cobra Commander, Duke. You've got a couple of these miniseries leading up to what we can only expect to be a G.I. Joe ongoing. And they've only announced the first two of the minis, like the Cobra Commander and Duke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My recommendation is a movie that right now is my favorite movie so far this year. It's uh, streaming now on Hulu. It has a very controversial title. It's called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Oh, it's I think done kind of like a heist film where six people from all walks of life, conservatives, liberals, have all been impacted in some way by the oil companies. And they decide to commit an act of terrorism. And the whole movie is showing you like they're already there. They're already rolling out their plan. And then you keep getting flashbacks that show each character and to why they're there. Hmm. And it keeps adding questions and answers. It's done so much like a heist film. And it's one of those movies that reminded me of the indie films of like the 90s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when yeah. Um, all that like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's super well done. They even discuss like what they're doing and what it means. They don't leave anything. It's not a preachy film, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, and it's streaming right now on Hulu. How to blow up a pipeline? I'm gonna. I got an odd recommendation. Right. Oh, fun! Yeah, this is kind of came out of the left field. But um, my youngest daughter, she's a fan of Lana Del Rey. Okay. Uh, the singer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, Cause you looked at me confused, Ryan. Like it was a, <laughs> like I was talking to like some type of animal or something. <laughs> she's on uh, Lana Del Rey's on an amphitheater tour. I guess this fall summer fall and she wanted to go and get tickets and okay. so i i hadn't really so with elizabeth like we go to some of the the ut football games together but i hadn't really had a chance to uh to do something cool with oh, Coraline. Cool. okay so when she was like well i want to go see Lana. so now so i got the tickets and we're gonna go see her in 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 franklin tennessee um which isn't a bad drive for me because otherwise i was looking at charlotte was like four hours Ooh. like other places oh, yeah, where, yeah. you know this is like three hours a little bit less okay. But the problem is, is that now she uh, she was like, Dad, I, if you're going to go with me, I want you to be able to sing the songs. Oh, oh. Um, that move, right? I get it. Yeah. But look, so I've been listening to some Lana Del Rey albums. Yeah. So I, I figured I'd start with, with Born to Die, which was her first album, okay. like, I think 2012, 2013. And uh, to my surprise, phenomenal. Oh, wow. Nice. A phenomenal. The, the production's got like a, a tinge of like kind of hip hop style to it. Okay. Like a, mm-hmm. um, uh, a lot of scratches and, and cuts, mm-hmm. um, some samples. Yeah. Uh, but uh, her voices, she's got kind of like that, that baritone kind of, um, uh, not quite like Nico from the, the Velvet Underground, but, but a little more emotional than that. Yeah. But uh, the songwriting's really good. Uh, I, was, I was amazed actually. So. Cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying. I guess I've got to learn uh, two or three more albums. She's probably oh, going to have wow. to. She's probably got to be content with me knowing, you know, yeah. maybe two albums of songs. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sing them all, but but I'm looking forward to going. But that's got to be kind of one of those neat things, like as a father, you know, watching your children discover their own thing and introducing you to it. 
Yes. Because you've spent all your life introducing your music Doing and the everything opposite. to those kids. Yeah. Right. No, no, it's it, it's really cool too. And it's like I said, it's even better when it's 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 some music that you like. Like mm. I was afraid it was going to be uh, kind of like the Wiggles or something. Oh God! <laughs> you know, where you have to just kind of learn these these kind of songs that you don't really want to learn. But no, it's please it. tell Baby Ninja that you thought she was going to take you to see the Wiggles. <laughs> no, she wouldn't even know what the Wiggles are. Oh, okay. I um, do love finding a new surprise album like that. That you know, you know it's out there. Eh, mm-hmm. You give it a shot, and you're blown away by it. That's a right. great feeling. I love that. It is. So, uh, books of the week. Books of uh, the week. These are books that are coming out tomorrow. The six. I'm gonna go with. I'm so happy. I mean, Uh-oh. this Ooh. sounds mean. I'm happy Night Terrors is over, uh, and really? we're getting back to a lot more yeah. of the Donna DC books. Yeah, um, I'm excited for Fire and Ice. Welcome to Smallville. I've always had a special place in my heart for Fire and Ice because they're uh, from my favorite run of Justice League of America. They both had a big, big roles in the Human Target miniseries from mm-hmm. uh, last year. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to to reading that tonight. Yeah, that's my book of the week. I was going to go with Sacrificers, too. I really love the first one. Uh, so really good. good stuff. But it's hard to not recommend uh, X-Men 26 this week because it is, of course, the marriage of Tony Stark and Emma Frost. Uh, it's, it's a really cool idea. I, you know, I don't think they're romantically in love or anything. They've got a little bit of attention, but this is definitely a power play, both of them coming together post-Fall of X to uh, sort of get a leg up in the world. Uh, corporate style. It's, it's really good stuff. It's unique and fresh. Uh, it's a cool take on it. And, you know, I just, it's cool to think of Stark and Frost hanging out the way they are. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to burst your bubble, Mike, but I read it earlier today. Oh. You're going to have to buy Invincible Iron Man 10. Uh, you know what? I have been buying Invincible Iron okay. Man. Oh, nice. Because, because uh, it... I knew they were making the Stark Sentinels. I saw a preview on okay. that, so I got on board with the book, and uh, Ryan came back me up. It's been a good little book. Yeah. It's been yeah. a good run. You but are yeah. going to be a little screwed, though, because you like those Alex Ross connecting covers, mm. and X-Men 26 and Iron Man 10 are connecting wedding covers, aren't they? Oh, yeah, I think they uh-huh. connect the, the dress or something, the wedding dress. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. But, so I'm going to go off the beaten path. My book was actually from last week. Um, it's a brand new publisher, and I guess it's pronounced Distillery. There's really no vowels in it. Well, I guess why is a vowel? It's a cool, kind of like, I don't want to necessarily call it anthology because it seems like most of them might be one-shots. Okay. But a lot of them are going to lead into other books or series. Ah. There's a if you're a fan of, I mean, a lot of the, the the best writers right now, like Brian Azzarello's in here. James Tinian's got a story with Christian Ward that's Ooh. that's really cool. Wow. That's kind of cool. sci-fi based. So some of the stories will be like some delve into this like the spy genre. Some get in go into like the the femme fatale, the woman who you know you has the heart you think has the heart of gold. Yeah. Turns out she slipped you Mickey in your drink and yep. she's taking your liver out in the bathtub. <laughs> You know, this, we've all been at the Applebee's yeah, at 1 a.m. Yeah. We know, hey, you it know happens. how it is. It happens. Man, those tw- 20s, your 20s are wild. It's, it's crazy years. Jock and, is doing something in it too, right? Like so Jock oh, wow. Jock's got like a, a, he writes and draws. I think it's like a four-page story in here. He also did the, this cover. That um, is a beautiful cover. No, yeah. it's, it's very striking. Yeah, it's very stark and striking. Um but yeah, no, uh, Scott Snyder, Jamie McKelvey, uh, Ram V, Becky Cloonan. Wow. Uh, it's so... It's kind of uh, oversized, too. It is. So it's a magazine sized, uh, which is cool because they don't really make many magazines anymore, if you think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool that they still have that format in the, in the comic world. Um, That's so, awesome. If, yeah, if you get a chance, um, if you want to try out, you know, if you're one of these people who like to go up to the, the Chinese buffet or the smorgasbord at the, <laughs> in Gatlinburg, you like to put a little bit of everything on your plate, uh, this is everything on your plate. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, looks like we got the band back together after missing a week last yes. week of recording. It's been too long. It's yeah. been too long. We've had some ups and downs, some laughs, 
some right. tears. It's been a great episode. I think we're going to record next week, so we will have that back on schedule, if I'm not mistaken. It's going to be yes. magical. Yep. With our return guest, Carson oh, Hunt. Oh, yeah. We have some really cool guests come lined up for like the next couple months. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening, as always. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you next week. I'm Mike D. I'm Ryan. I'm still Bill. See you in the funny books. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.